You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. Place, of course, the musical. You're in town, the place is, well, it's a, a place you'll hear people referring to a lot throughout the show. You hear the news? They carted old so and so off to Urinetown the other day. Is that so? What'd he do? Oh, such and such, I hear. Well, what do you know? Old so and so. It's kind of a mythical place, you understand? A bad place. A place you won't see until Act Two, and then, well, let's just say it's filled with symbolism and things like that. Hello, and welcome to Urinetown. Not the musical, the podcast analysis. With me, I have Nick. Hello. Riley. Hello. Romy. Hey. Wyatt. Hello. And Isaiah. Hi. You're in Town is a 2001 musical released under RCA Records. RCA Victor Records, I should say. And I'm going to read the all-music review from William Ruhlman. If your first reaction on hearing about a musical called You're in Town is that, is that it's an awful title, don't worry, the authors are way ahead of you. Its awfulness is the point, and You're in Town is as much a musical about a musical as it is, well, a musical. The opening song, for example, is called Too Much Exposition, and in it, Officer Lockstock, who acts as our narrator, explains the central conceit of the show, which is that in a mythical town suffering a drought, everyone has to use public bathrooms and pay high fees. A storyline little Sally describes as bad subject matter. Here in town might as well be called Allegoryville, you see, even though that wouldn't be as repulsive and therefore as provocative a title. Lyricist and librettist Greg Cotis clearly has spent a lot of time studying Bertolt Brecht, and composer-slash-co-lyricist Mark Holman is a big fan of Kurt Weill, so that Urinetown's clear antecedents are shows like the Three Penny Opera and Weill-Bresch disciple Mark Blitzstein's The Cradle Will Rock. The story is about the evil rich and the hapless poor, and the authors draw equally from the Depression era of the 1930s and the naive idealism of the early 60s, casting several of their songs in the folk gospel style of the freedom songs of the civil rights movement. But they also absorbed a heavy dollop of the political cynicism of the late 60s. Another obvious influence is Frank Zappa, especially in his own unproducible anti-musical, Think Fish. But it's one thing to have all those influences, and it's another to write up to their level, which amazingly, Codis and Holman have done. Title, subject matter, and attitude aside, Urinetown is full of inventive melodies and clever lyrics, and they easily put over its smirking nihilism. Alright, what do we think of Town the Musical? Oh, I like it. <laughs> it's, it took it six seconds, but we made heart. it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, I thought somebody else was going to go first. I was trying to unmute. <laughs> so I was having dinner. <laughs> I was trying to gather my thoughts. and It's not my cup of tea, but... Yeah, yeah before this, I, I had no idea what it was, but um, it was uh, really good. 
Um, yes, I was quite surprised. I I thought its gimmickiness would be its uh, flaw, but it turns out to be very witty, and I like the wittiness, and I like the story. I like what's going on here, and I did I did have a good time with this musical. Very meta. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you guys know this. White and I are in the same production, and we're currently doing it right now. So you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the main yeah. reasons why we I decided to do this theater album. That and Kay wanted to wait to do 35 millimeter and Heather's because she's not here right now. Yeah, but this is literally one of the best shows. I've, it's probably the best show I've ever done, and we haven't even opened. All right, we're two weeks till opening. Nice. So, uh, you, which characters are both of you playing? Uh, I'm playing Mr. McQueen. And I'm Hotblade Terry. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying it's, to remember which one Hotblade was. He's he's one of the poor. The, the, he's one of the poor that sing. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, one of those, um, I think they were the rebels, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. is he yeah. the one that gets the bright idea to snuff that girl? Yes. Yes. That is him. That's the guy? <laughs> Indeed. <Yes>. Wow. <laughs> In rehearsals, he literally turns into into a tomato every single time we do snap the girl. It's hilarious. <laughs> that's 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 amazing. Oh, like, can we have that be the post credit scene? Can we just have him do the model like the post credit scene? <laughs> that, that. Uh, tomato, like the tomato head from Fortnite. No. No. <laughs> why, why no. Do we don't condone Fortnite references in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this particular episode will just circle back to a to a Fortnite joke of, and eventually. <laughs> How far we've come in this podcast. Fork knife. Fork knife. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yes. For those who don't know, I just posted a picture with the caption Wyatt and snuff that girl, and the picture is Amity when she's all blushing. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Yeah. It's great. So, let's uh, talk about the uh, story of this uh, here podcast. I mean, this here musical. How did I get How did I get that mixed oh, I, up? We, get, we each get no, this, story arcs in this podcast. This podcast is an overarching story with Cade Month and all that. Yeah. It's the PCU. It's the PCU, yes. the podcast cinematic universe. Rock of yeah. Ages, the cinematic universe. All right. We don't know when this story takes place. It could take place in the Great Depression. It could take place in the near future. But long story short, there's a new rule that people cannot use private bathrooms anymore. They have to pay money and use the public ones. Or else they'll be sent to Urinetown, a sort of concentration camp-like place that that is very secretive. And then there's this uh, boy named Bobby. He's well-respected in the town he lives in, but his father is not and one day he can't pay to use the public bathroom and so he has to you know do his business on like the side of the road he is then taken away and sent to urine town and that's a fun way to start off this funny musical right yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i was Penny listening to the piece, i was listening yeah. to the soundtrack before i read the synopsis and let me tell you listening to the soundtrack without any of the context uh, maybe he's very, just very confused. <laughs> yeah. That's the Chad way of listening into a soundtrack. <laughs> the, the, I think there was, like, a P-tax or something. <laughs> yeah, that, I, this is how men listen to soundtracks. <laughs> um, 
On the other hand, there's a mu movie musical called Score, a hockey musical. I never saw the movie, but just listening to the songs, I had the basic plot line, which is how not to make a musical <laughs> like to be listened to out of context. Right. And so, the lyrics aren't very good. I, I, I can't wait till, till we get to it on our podcast. Alright, so um, one of the songs is called Cop Song, and it's about our two cops talking about you're in town, Officer Lockstock, our narrator, and Officer Barrel. And at 10 seconds, one of the cops says something that I can't repeat on this podcast in danger. Say it. I don't want to say it. Cop Do it. Of all time. Say it. Do it. I'm Ocus. <laughs> Among Us. Why and I got that message during rehearsal we saw it and we busted out laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Also also never listen to the one minute sixteen second timestamp of the Fraggle song Doom D Doom March Alone. Which I have stage four cancer now. Never watched that one scene from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Never listen to that one part from all along the watchtower. Oh, oh Never my. listen. Never search up the twenty-fifth island of Greece. <laughs> right. Never no, search up the, cold, the coldest place in the universe. Anyway, um, Officer Lockstock spits some bars on Cop Song, and he spits harder than Biggie, Kanye, Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons, and Lucas from Bear combined. Does he spit harder than the, than the notorious P.I.G. in Space Jam 2? <laughs> Oh, my God. Or Shrek. Or Shrek. Shrek. Have you heard the Shrek rap? Shrek rap? I haven't listened to the Shrek musical soundtrack. There is a... I just linked you the Shrek rap. It's the greatest thing in the entire world. Oh, I thought I thought this was I thought you were talking about something from Shrek the musical. Oh, God. No. Shrek rapping in Shrek the musical is unholy. That would just make it even more blurst. <laughs> I remember seeing a video of Shrek dancing that was just like, he was demonstrating a bunch of different dances named after different characters from the movie. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> Alright, moving on. So, um, in this part of the story, uh, Bobby meets up with, uh, evil business conglomerate Mr. Cladwell's daughter, Hope, and they, uh, talk about some things and fall in love and we learn that hope is actually she speaks fluent heart so that's nice wait we skipped over mr cladwell right uh yeah there was a song about it, mr cladwell it, yeah i kind of like yeah it like doesn't give some like exposition yeah we also skipped over the privilege to pee which one of my friends sang one time that's like Hell, it's a hard, cold tumble of a journey Worthy of a gurney, a bumble down A slapped face, smacked with a mace Certain to debase as I stumble down It's a path that I lead you only one place Horrible to retrace, a crumble down A hard, cold tumble of a journey Jumble of a journey to your town Julie Cassidy went to a field behind a tree Saw there was no one who could see her be like me and Jacob Rosenblum thought he was safe up in his room. Didn't know the jars he kept up there were 
The All Music Review mentioned uh, Frank Zappa, who, if you don't know who that is, he's a very famous and influential progressive rock guitarist. But he's also known for his sick sense of humor that makes fun of not just social commentary stuff, but also the entire genre of rock music in general, which is why I really think that You're in Town is the Frank Zappa of music. I only know him from Apostrophe. I'm just going to use that expression from now on to describe anything that's subversive. The Last Jedi is the Frank Zappa of the Star Wars universe. Space Jam 2 is the Frank Zappa of 2021 movies. (laughs) Except Frank Zappa was good. Space Jam 2 subverted all of our expectations by being terrible. Imagine if Frank Zappa was an HBO Max circle jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, did you know that Frank Zappa had the only instrumental album to ever have a parental advisory label on it? Whoa. (laughs) How do you do that? um, Let me explain. There was a song called G Spot Tornado. Uh, I is, see. It possible, is it possible to learn this power? It's a secret <laughs> technique. So, um, let me show you some uh, Frank Zappa's uh, song titles and album titles, and we can compare them to You're in Town. Um, there's his famous album, We're Only In It For The Money. And then there's those famous songs off there. What's the ugliest part of your body? Hot poop. Your mom. <laughs> Nasal retentive Calliope music. Let's make what? the water turn black. What? <laughs> Take your clothes off when you dance. I'm sorry, um, huh? That was also a song on Twisted. <laughs> Should we maybe move on to the next part of the song? <laughs> that, that, really that would make it really good. That would make it really good dessert dad on Bruno yeah. Jack. Like a Frank Zappa song or a song from Urinetown. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's just a whole yeah, game I could, show. I'm, what I'm trying to say here is I could definitely see Frank Zappa write a song called It's a Privilege to Pee or Don't Be the Bunny. Yes. Uh, you wanna know like it's funny the kinds of things you can get when you're like the kinds of dystopias you can make with some situation. You're in town came about when one of the creators came upon a coin-operated washroom when he was dead broke, so he decided to make a whole thing about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Hunger Games got a similar start because the author was flipping back and forth between some reality show about kids stuck in the wilderness and news coverage of the Iraq War. Hmm. Alright, yeah, so any, anyway, continuing with the story, um, Bobby forms a rebellion with the rest of the town against Mr. Cladwell and his evil people, including Miss Pennywise, who is, uh, I think, like, the mayor of the town that Bobby's in? I, I don't know, but she, she, ha- she holds some power. And Bobby feels like the only way that Mr. Cladwell could give in to their demands is that they kidnap his, his daughter, Hope, and then they run off into the forest. And that is Act One. <laughs> yep. They, they really have a song called uh, That Is Act One or something. Yeah. Act One Finale. Uh, don't be the bunny. <laughs> don't be Bugs Bunny. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a correct one. As you can see, the rebel poor are making their getaway with hope. As a hostage, <laughs> the rest of us have been thrown into confusion because, well, we're all moving so damn slowly. So don't get I think it's one of those visual things where you really need to see it to get the joke. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was reading it and I was so confused, like, slow motion choreography. <laughs> yeah. It's- and that's Act One, and Act Two. Uh, it is. This I, is where Hoplite Terry comes into play. And so everyone's wondering, what is your in town? And uh, some people. Your in town are, is. Some I pe- would say it, but it's yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Spoilery. It's not. Not yet. Yeah. People are theorizing what your in town actually is. One of the guys thinks that your in town's a horrible place. The other person thinks that there is no your in town. And one of the people suggests that your in town is in fact a metaphysical place and a place that exists in everyone's heads and fears and therefore is whatever. I don't I don't know about philosophy that much. Basically, this is just like the giver, but with like tea and stuff. Yeah, what is your in town? The rebels get to dance with pee on their head. Yes. What? Yes, yeah, either. they get they get bottles of pee and they get to dance on it. They get to dance with it on their heads and it's great. Um, <laughs> like, is it watercolored yellow or? We don't know I, yet. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, I, is it water I or really is it hope act? it's just fake pee. <laughs> real pee would just be too much of a risk. <laughs> I mean, it really <laughs> show how committed y'all it. are to the show, but yeah. Imagine if the cast sees this. <laughs> imagine if the ca- anyone that's working on your town with us right now. Imagine if they're listening to this right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But if you guys yeah. are in your town, or if you're working on the show, hello. It's cool to see <laughs> don't, you. Don't hate me. They had to do it without the cast. Don't hate us, please. Yeah. They had to do it without the the cast knowing, or they have like uh, a bucket to vote or something. Alright, anyway, um, Bobby goes, uh, and retrieves supplies, I believe, or, uh, is hunting down for some people, and some of the other rebels think that he's been captured, and so they decide the, the best way to get revenge is to kill Hope. And I gotta be honest, not that girl is my least favorite part of the musical. I'm sorry, don't kill me. my heart. We won't snuff you. <laughs> You'll just give me silent- you. You'll just give me the silent treatment snuff- after this is over. <laughs> We no. will not hold you hostage and snuff you. Well, yeah. no, girl, we'll show you the snuffle <laughs> Anyway, Bobby comes back and says, "Hey, don't kill this girl, guys. There's so much more to rebellion." And then, and besides, I like her. And the rebels are like, "We don't care about your feelings. We want to kill women." <laughs> we live in a society. That's one way to put it. <laughs> Women are stupid, and I don't respect that. Uh, that, was a, uh, that was a Don LaJoy song. So, Bobby goes to Cladwell's headquarters, and he is bribed with money to stop this whole rebellion. Bobby refuses, and then there's a big fight, and then Bobby loses, and then he is uh, captured by officers Lockstock and Barrel. And after Cladwell really talks about his evil plans, Pennywise is like, Oh my god, this man is insane. We we have to stop him. That's why did I listen to that man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And at the very end of that song, Bobby finally finds out what and where you're in town is. You're in town is death, and it's in the back of twist. Mr it's in the back of Mr. Cladwell's building, and it leads to a really, really, really deep pit. Either that's a really, really, really tall building. 
And I'm wondering, yep. how do they, if this building is, like, kind of near town, I mean, how is this not secret? Can the people not hear people screaming as they, uh, <laughs> like, fall down near in town? Exactly. Logic. I, I mean, just thought of it looking like the Doofenshmirtz building. Doofenshmirtz evil incorporated! Yeah, Eddie the Platypus. He has, like, this invention, he has, you know, like, this, this invention uh, called the Urinator. <laughs> <laughs> that is the oh, best the joke. So anyway, um, this is a uh, theater production that butchers other theater productions, so logic is off the table. In our production, we have a platform, so uh, we don't know what we're going to do with that. Yeah. So anyway, one of the street urchins goes back to the rebels and says, Hey guys, uh, so Bobby's last words were that she loves this woman and he wants her to be taken care of. And the rebel's like, no, we still hate women and we want to kill the woman. But then Pennywise shows up and is like, no, don't do that. This is my daughter, and and everyone is just like in shock. Like I can't believe this. Whoa. Basically, what he's saying, Pennywise and Clydewall had a romantic past, and uh, Hope is Pennywise's daughter. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I keep shocking thinking, plot like, twist. I keep thinking like Pennywise is like the clown from It. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of had a she Pennywise in my head when I was listening to the musical. Yeah, when, when I heard yeah. the name the first time, I was just thinking the clown. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll uh, float too. <laughs> so you'll yeah. float too. Off to urine town. <laughs> That's what the sewer is. It's just urine town. Interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Stephen King wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the that's where grab Penny your White balloon and fly from. off to urine town. Yep. So, um, <laughs> so with Cladwell and uh, Pennywise having a secret romantic relationship and hope being the uh, product of it, there's still hope for my amphibia theory that uh, Wally and Felicia had a romantic past and Ivy was the product of that. So there's hope now that I know this from urine town. Thanks, urine town, for helping prove my theory even more. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without you. So, Hope and Pennywise and everyone just leads a complete and total coup against Cladwell. And uh, and basically, uh, Hope just straight up murders her own father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? And she just... Uh, <laughs> oh, no! I mean, he did just straight up kill Bobby, so uh, it's justified. No mercy. And in the last moments of Officer Barrow's life, he confesses his love for Officer Lockstock. This is so tragic. Hmm. Well, that went pretty well. <laughs> well, there, there was that's actually what he says. That's actually what Officer Barrow says in the script before he dies. Those are his last words. Hmm. Well, at least he went out happy. That's all that matters. Oh, yeah. You know, wait, you know, um, Officer Barrow says his love to Lockstock, and then Lockstock's like, I see. <laughs> Maybe he, he, he's, oh. he was thinking of... <laughs> Mm. That's harsh. That is very harsh. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. I see an alternate universe where Lockstock and Barrow did end up both surviving, and they become a couple later. Mm. <gasps> I love that. Yeah, and Lockstock doesn't die because he's our narrator, and Barrow dies because, sadly, mm, I don't know. Frank Zappa never would have written it like this. <laughs> So anyway, the the Cladwell administration on the town is Cladwell lifted. Cladwell plan. Yep, and uh, 
everyone gets to use the private bathrooms whenever they please. And this is where a happy ending, but this in my headcanon is a Frank Zappa musical. So, uh, naturally, everything is going to have to be very dark and realistic in the end. So you see, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what the, uh, the entire town uses up its very oh. diminished water supply, and the uh, town ends up in a total drought, and everyone almost and almost everyone dies. Except for me, I sur- I'm pretty much the only person in the entire show that survives. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, McQueen is, <laughs> Lightning McQueen is awesome. Oh, wait, um... Wait, why? Well, remember the jokes that we had, like that one rehearsal with um, how Mr. McQueen started the car Sega? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like the show should be sponsored by Rusty's. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Riley. And remember God, with now. a little. Oh yeah, and I get to a little Rusty's. Wait, wait, wait! I really want to do a Brooklyn accent for McQueen because um, we can't have our voice sound like the same for our show. We have to sound a lot different. So I really want to do a Brooklyn accent, but I think it would be horrible. Yeah, you should do your best Owen Wilson impression. Remember, with a little Rusty's and then insane amount of luck. You two can look like me. Good hell. <laughs> Race cars don't it's need like, headlights because the track is always lit. lit. <laughs> wow. Look at that shine. <laughs> nice. So, um... So hope- basically the theory of McQueen is that Basically, at the end of the show, I start a bottling company in Brazil, and then the Amazon dries up, I move, I turn into a convertible, and I become a race car driver. <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, that little detail. You, you know, just... into a convertible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so easy. I could do it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Riley becomes Ricky Bobby. More so. than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think anyone would get that reference. Yeah. Run, freedom, run. Freedom, run away. My friends, you have to run, 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 run. Freedom, run away. That freedom, sun, will shine someday. Till then, you better run, 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 run. Freedom, run away. I'm frightened. Oh, well, you should be. Freedom is scary. It's a blast of cool wind that burns your face to wake you up. Literally? Yes. There's a trickle of sweat. There's a trickle of sweat. It's dripping in your ear. It's in your ear. Still, you gotta run, 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 run. Freedom, run away. Now, don't you fret. Hope brings everyone's uh, hopes up. N- <laughs> nice little nudge there. Be- by telling them, mm-hmm. oh, oh there's a ri- there is water inside your heart. There is a river inside your heart. You are the river. And because wow, every, everyone's so thirsty for water, my theory is that everyone resorts to cannibalism. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! When, like... when, she was da- when she was saying like, uh, "There's water inside your heart," you know what that made me think of? What? Um, remember that? Remember the pandemic? Well, the pandemic. Um, remember the whole thing with the bunch of celebrities singing, singing Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember Sarah Silverman and Gal Gadot were in that. Yeah, it uh, was uh, Penelope yeah. and Shank. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell was also in it. There's just a bunch of people. <laughs> they were just like singing in their huge mansions. You guys missed out on the slander we gave. Yeah, I don't think it was well deserved, honestly. But theater kids do theater kids. Uh. Yep. Anyway, 
Lockstock mentions that Hope joins her father, and it's heavily implied that the townsfolk kill her. Finally. I've been waiting ever since they talked about snuffing her. I mean, I wasn't actively hoping- I, I was not actively hoping that she would die, but I was, I was thinking it would come. The, the townspeople have committed their arc. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Lockstock concludes the musical. One of the street urchins says, No, I don't like this musical. No one will like this musical. And uh, but and then Officer Lockstock says, Who cares? You're a street urchin and you'll die in days anyway. To this <laughs> random philosopher. <laughs> what, what's that they say at the end? Hail something? Or- Malthus. Yeah. Hail Malthus. Hail Malthus. I, th- I think his, uh, I'm pretty sure his philosophy, I think his philosophies, I believe, were about the, uh, the social class of a town or whatever. My first thought was, I thought he was, like, some important guy who, I thought he invented the toilet. But no, he was a philosopher, I forget for which. We can look it up later. And that's You're in Town, the musical. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> Yeah. That was oh, our show. Yeah. Oh, and we'll see it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a sad story. It's a tragedy. I get to wear a tiny top hat for my McQueen costume, and it's so ha- it makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. uh, I want a tiny top hat. A tiny top hat is what we need in these trying times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. May I offer you a tiny top hat in these trying times? <laughs> Like, maybe next time I go to Spirit Halloween, I can hit you up with some tiny top hats. Yes. Just, just hand out a bunch of tiny top hats instead of candy on Halloween. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna get a bunch of tiny top hats and just, like, get, like, your addresses and just mail them to everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just mail them to you guys. Nice. I love yeah, that. I will also mail you some poetry. Nice. I would like that, too. Anyway, um... I did write here that uh, one grievance I had with the musical was in the song Look at the Sky, and in, uh, like, sometime after the middle of the song, the- Bobby was talking about, you- your organ in here, and it was a really missed opportunity to not include an actual organ during that part. I don't care if it was, like, a- an electric organ or a church organ, it was... <laughs> <laughs> song i like in this entire musical and that's because it reminds me of early genesis like early genesis like with peter gabriel fronting it or like early early genesis like their first album no i'd say like around like the foxtrot Mm, yeah it sounds like something Foxtrot. yeah except it wasn't 23 minutes long yeah (laughs) free people are free how could it and act one finale was bit too long for my taste and my taste is 23 minute prog suites yeah yeah what about what about that like 10 minute song coldplay just dropped called coloratura (laughs) they have this whole concept album coming out about space and stuff what (laughs) yeah it's space uh, i don't remember what it's called Uh, let me look it up music of the spears I was just looking at the Lightning McQueen picture in the general <laughs> chat, and I just noticed it. <laughs> I it's love a, it. It's a, I love it. It's a very iconic picture. People will be remembering it for years to come. Wait a second, Coldplay is British? Oh, I, just I can't yeah. like them anymore because they're British. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least they're not Irish. 
Like, can you imagine if Coldplay was Irish? Mm, I'm having thoughts. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that one scene from, uh, you ever seen The Wild? Uh, once and was, very was long Coldplay ago. Song. There was a Coldplay song in that movie. Hmm. That immediately um, dates it back to whenever yeah. it was released. Oh yeah, clocks. Yeah, that's, that that's a good song. I'm just imagining that with an with an um, Irish accent. <laughs> I'm just gonna imagine every song in an Irish accent from now on. Hope no one minds. <laughs> Instead of just regular instruments, everyone's just playing with bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the entire Urinetown soundtrack and just having me back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, go around the room, shall we? I, I, out of 10, Isaiah, where would you give it? Um, People are going to get mad at me, but I give this a 2. I was very <laughs> bored throughout the whole thing. The only song I, I think you understand the context. Yeah, that's part of the reason. I read the or story. We're buying you a ticket, Isaiah. It's funny. Yeah, please do. I, I, I wish to see it. But, uh, yes, yeah. we are buying you an Alia ticket, and you guys and are going to hear it. And that's being generous. Mm. Or, or we will take you to your in town. You will flow. I can't go back. <laughs> Throws you off Doom <laughs> Schwartz building. <laughs> instead, of your go instead of your going to Brazil, it's your going to your in town. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, Nick. Nick, what would you get this? Um, I think I would probably give it a six out of ten, maybe. Um, it was very funny, and I liked some of the meta humor, but I think it just kind of, I think there were just some songs that kind of slowed down the pacing a little. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the end of, I think the act one song kind of, uh, slowed the pacing a little too mm -hmm. much. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um... How about our two you're in town cast members who are contractually obliged to give this a ten out of ten? <laughs> Do we Rather give this first, a ten, Wyatt? I I mean I guess I have to. I, the, the show and all I would give a ten, but I would I would put the music slightly lower. But honestly, same. Yeah, yeah. But if you're saying like the entire musical, I would definitely give it a solid ten. Definitely, yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I would give it a seven. I I would actually I'd bump it to an eight because I'm kind of biased because uh, I was introduced to this show via my own theater kid friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd also give this like an eight because um I like Frank Zappa. Uh, I mean I haven't listened to like any of his albums in full, but unlike some of his songs, uh, Bobby Brown goes down as controversial as it is, is super funny, and what's the ugliest part of your body is, and not to mention the ever-classic Stinkfoot. But yeah, this really gives me a lot of Zappa vibes, not necessarily in the music, which I find to be my least favorite aspect of the show. Like, we needed that organ when they mentioned organs. That was, like, how is musical theater gonna use symbolism if they're not? But, uh, the characters were nice, not as annoying as I would thought. The wit is very sharp, and the story is very macabre, but also finds a way to be humorous at the same time. So yeah, I'll give this a cold, hard 8. It was pretty good, and I would definitely fly out to California to see this if I had the time. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I gotta mention that that's some pretty cool artwork there for the like the cast recording. It it doesn't really uh, 
look like much, but it, it reminds me of the uh, the cover of The Who Live at Leeds, so there's something to it. Anyone else? No. So, I really want to spin the wheel right now, but I can't because next week is someone's birthday. Does anyone want to step up and yeah. say it? Yes. It is my birthday next Wednesday. Hurrah. Which means you get to choose our next rock album. Yes. Um, I chose an album that I've kind of been hooked on for a long time, uh, even if I haven't been hooked on it as much as when I first heard it. But I think um, I really want everyone to experience it because it's very experimental, uh, very interesting. And uh, I guess I'll just reveal the name. So the next album that we will be listening to is Remain in Light by The Talking Heads. Mm. <laughs> and Romy just turned into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> What a great way to end off this episode. <laughs> All That's right. We, you're a dog, Luigi. We just went from turning into cars to turning into dogs. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Flowing for freedom. I see a river just in view. I see a river flowing for freedom I see a river straight and true come to the river flowing for justice come to the river What do you think they talk about in those quorums they got up there? How good we are! So listen up now. Any second those cops are gonna bust in here and bust us up like a bunch of overripe cantaloupes. So I say, as long as our juice is gonna spill all over this floor here, her juice is gonna spill too. Gladwell juice. Then we'll see who's better than who. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> I loved it. I'm crying. <laughs> Fathers and mothers, babies too, all in the family, push toward the river, shove toward the river, why don't you step in the river, wade in the river, soak in the river, through and through, and through and once in the river, you are the river, friends on the shoreline, jump in too. Of course, it wasn't long before the water turned silty. Brackish, and then disappeared altogether.